Are you an adventurer looking to take your hunt to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the East Meets West Hunt podcast presented by Spartan Forge. On today's episode, I'm joined by Brad Luttrell, the founder of Go Wild Social Media App and Hunter from Kentucky. Lately, big tech has been censoring hunting content to a point that we've never really seen before. And so Brad talks about how YouTube deplatforming and what ha- what is going to happen with the, the future of hunting media as, as we kind of know it, which is one of the reasons for him creating the Go Wild app years ago that I had joined. And in addition, we talk about some of the trending whitetail hunting gear he's been seeing on Go Wild. So this podcast is brought to you by Spartan Forge, and the Spartan Forge app utilizes years of military background and machine learning to pull from millions of data points to accurately predict deer movement, including GPS data, 30 years of weather, academic, and state research. The new app will include GPS mapping with incredible aerial imagery, offline dependability, deer prediction, weather updates, journal entries, and much more. The beta app is released now, but in just over a day, they had already exceeded their goal and have the app temporarily only open to these beta testers. The purpose of beta testing for anyone that's already in the program is for the consumer to get the product at a lower price while providing feedback to work out the final bugs before it goes full scale. It's not going to be perfect. There'll be things to work through as you as you go through it and try to understand how how a large scale release like this goes. But been super pumped with how the app's been working for me. I've been testing it for a few months now or yeah, two or three months now. So you can use the code East Meets West to save 25% off of the Spartan Forge app at SpartanForge.ai. Tethered is a company founded on the principles of educating the hunting community on saddle hunting while creating the most innovative, lightweight, safe products for saddle hunting. They have mobile gear options for all types of hunters and continue to push the envelope. I'm running the the Phantom Saddle System and the Predator platform with the new small 8mm ropes and ropeman line systems. It's phenomenal. It was uh, just in the tree for the first time as far as actually hunting on Saturday out of it, which I'll talk about that in a minute. But you can find more about tethered and saddle hunting over at tetherednation.com. Maven is building the highest quality optics at half the price of their competitors through their direct consumer business model. They want to create the best optics for the job period. Their products are back with a lifetime, no fall warranty, and an incredible customer experience. I'm using the B3 8x30 binos on all of my whitetail hunts. It's super lightweight. It makes you feel like you're not even there and does really well in that low light. So you can use the coupon code EASTMEETSWEST-GIFT for a free gift with any full price optics order at mavenbuilt.com. And last but not least, Go Wild is a free social media community built by hunters for hunters. If you want to join me on Go Wild today, you'll get 10 bucks to spend on your gear for just setting up the account. You keep unlocking Go Wild rewards 
and you can now see my complete gear setups over on my profile. So join at timetogowild.com or out of the app store. Use the code East Meets West to save 10% off of all hunting gear on the website. So head over and check that out. All right. So uh, the only news I'm going to share this week before getting into this podcast. Well, first of all, sorry if I sound uh, a little bit, I don't know, not with it. <laughs> it's uh, early in the morning here. I'm trying to get this this uh, podcast done before work and uh, I'm just a little bit beat, but for good reasons. So on Saturday was the opener for the Pennsylvania archery season, as many of you know, and I was lucky enough to be able to, to kill my biggest buck to date and my first ever opening day deer. So that was incredible. And I'm not going to talk about any details on here. Just give you that. If you want to check it out, I have the, the pictures over on social media. You can go ch- take a look at that on Instagram or Facebook. Um, but I will release a full episode dedicated to that on Monday for Mountain Buck Monday. So be looking forward to to seeing that and and I'm I'm super excited to tell the whole background story on this deer and how it came to that one moment at 14 yards. Anyways, I hope everyone has a great week and had a a good opening day. It's uh just getting started here, so enjoy. All right, we're live. Brad Latrell, welcome back to the show, buddy. Thanks, man. Uh, always good to talk to you. Always good to have you on my show. But I'm, I'm kind of happy to be here talking to your audience. I know it's um. So I was looking back, and I couldn't remember if it was two or three times I've had you on already, and this will be the third time here. So it's. Uh, I, I do remember I recorded one here, <laughs> and I don't know if you. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. I recorded one at ATA, and you may have fallen victim to the ATA party. Yeah, uh, because I think it was the day after ATA sneaks up on people. If they don't know, it's the Archery Trade Show Association's big show. But when I met up, I think this was in Indy, and um, you had fallen victim to one of the famous ATA parties. Yeah, I did, and you know, I it wasn't my first show, so I I known <laughs> I should have known better. But yeah, I was up extremely late and had way too much alcohol. And that next day, trying to record podcast was it was difficult. I couldn't even complete a sentence. It was it was. Not good. I I still tell people, uh, I don't know if you remember this, you and I were sitting out in the hallway and recording and we got headphones on like we do now. And the funniest thing about people were walking by, like ATA is like mostly legit retailers and brands, but you get some fanboys that got in on their buddies pass. And Bo and I had people walking by and we both had hats on. We're kind of looking down, talking to each other on podcasts. And they would, I think it was mostly your mustache. Like your mustache, like it's eye-catching. And people were like, is that guy famous? And they would slow down and stop. And like there was this this face of like dissatisfaction that they didn't recognize either one of us. Yeah. And they would like walk on by. How many times did that happen in that show? Yeah, a lot of times. <laughs> we, called, we called it out on that show. Um, have you been to SHOT Show? I have not, no. Dude, that sh- that show will sneak up on you because it's Vegas, and you stay up until three a.m. and then you got to be up at seven to be able to get to the show. And it's just like it's Vegas; it's one long party. You're indoors too at these casinos, and it's just known for like 
sucking the life out of people. So God, God help you if you go to Shot Show, Bo. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure at some point I'm gonna end up there, and I hope so, man. Yeah, I'll take. I mean, I'll take your warnings, and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> roll with it. You gotta, you gotta experience it, right? It's, yeah, it's it, better it's to talk great, about. <laughs> it is. It, I tell you what, they're both great shows. They, uh, they both have different purposes, but uh, both of those shows really. Put put the hurt on people that attend. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a <laughs> yeah, ATA show. The first year I went was absolutely terrible. Like that, the, the year that you and I did that, I only went hard one night, and then I was just kind of like uh, a little bit more relaxed after that. Because yes, yeah. I'm getting older, Brad, and and it's not not as easy. Yeah, the Badlands Film Festival is a fantastic event at ATA, and I think it's on Friday night. I can't remember. Um, I think it's Friday, and and that's one too that a lot of people are hurting afterwards because they serve beer the whole way through. They have a pre party, and um, you know, it, basically, if you don't know what the show is, Badlands sponsors this event with Garmin, and they have all these great films of hunting. Like I, I first time I ever heard of uh, Clay Newcomb was at a Badlands film. Festival. Yeah, same here. You too. Yeah. So, so Clay Clay comes in and he has this film about shooting two bears in two different states with a trad bow in two days. And I'm like, oh, my God, who is this guy? Yeah. Who is this dude that just did this fantastic thing? This was a great film. He won uh, one. Of, I think he won the the whatever category it is. They have all these different categories. And you, so you, it's fun because you get to find out about guys like Clay long before, long before anybody else, not anybody else, but for the mainstream knew about him before he's yeah. on Joe Rogan. And that, I mean, I, it was, this was two years before he's making it on Joe Rogan and joining Meat Eater. And so you kind of get to see some of these up and coming guys. Um, it's a super fun event, but it definitely will eat you alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah there, there's, there's no doubt about it. Like I, I remember being at the show and uh, running into Jason Matzinger, and I always loved his show. And I'm oh, like, oh yeah, Jason's got some great films that get in, entered into the Badlands. Yeah, yeah, and and I ran into him after that one, and I was talking to him like, oh, this is pretty cool. You know, I was kind of fanboying a little bit, and uh, we got to talking, and I'm like, well. We're both drunk. It's two thirty in the morning. I think this is a good time to ask him to be on my podcast, and I yes. did. And we they scheduled it for like the next morning at like nine in the morning, and we both show up. And I'm like, I'm sorry, dude. Like, <laughs> so so uh, I'll I'll tell this story on uh, David Draper, who's not here to defend himself. David is the editor of Peterson's. And I spoke on a panel with him undeservingly. Like I was like, holy crap! How did I get on this panel with this this elite caliber talent? And and David had a comment that I'll never forget, and I think this is very true of any hunting industry trade show. He said, "The one thing I'll tell you, if you want to do business at these things, it's not done now. It's not done at the booth. It's done at the bar at two a.m. Yeah, and." naturally this was at the professional outdoor media association which i'm on the board of and i love this organization it's great for content creators and i remember um we were outside at the happy hour it was poma poma's <laughs> poma's hilarious you'll have like a pre-happy hour a dinner a post happy hour and there's like the post party there's all this partying going on right yeah and i remember one of the members his name's brooks tiller he's one of my friends he, he comes out and he says, you want to see something crazy? And I'm like, it's 2 a.m. And I'm like, I'll never say no to that. And so we walk out to the front of this hotel and there's probably 40 or 30, 40 of us left at like 1 or 2 a.m. And he, him and his wife proceed to do a fire show. And I, he's a fire breather. 
him and his wife do like <laughs> Cirque du Soleil type stuff and they're crazy fit and they put on this crazy fire show for 10 minutes and I'm, I'm thoroughly entertained and I look over and there's David Draper and I just look at Draper and I said, you weren't kidding about the, the business been done at the bar. Cause that was his thing. Yeah. It's like the business gets done at the bar. That's where you build relationships. That's where people really get to know each other. And you know what? That's advice for life. We'll kick this off with a little advice for anybody, yeah. you know, be, being human and just, you know, having the power of being able to network and to be able to tell people about your life and hear about theirs. It's always done. Not, you don't have to drink. I'm not saying you have to be a drinker to, to network, but it's, it, you know, people do business with people. So that's what these things come down to. That's how you and I met, you know, it's all yeah. casual, you know? So, uh, I don't, I don't know what the moral of that story is. I don't know if it's a drink until 2 a.m. at shows or, or what, but I think just caring about somebody you're talking to and looking more than a sale is good advice always. Yeah. 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 I, I couldn't agree anymore. And, and that's where I, I've found the uh, most guests. That's where I've got to meet a lot of these brands and the people behind it. And, and it was no, there was no like purpose to it of trying to get something or be, you know, or do some kind of deal at that point, but right. just getting the, they see you, you see them, you get to learn each other, see if, you know, is this, a, is this guy arrogant or is he somebody yeah. that I want to talk to again? And you never know down the road when that might, um, 100%. you know, might work out together. So one of our biggest clients is federal. I met him at shot show. Jacob and I sat down, we had a conversation with him. It turned into a small gig, but over time, just got to know these guys, you build a personal relationship with people and now they're, they're our biggest client. You know, it's like they, they really on the, the content creation side, we get to do some amazing stuff with them. It all started with a 30 minute meeting at SHOT Show. Yeah. So, you know, I really encourage people to, to ask first, like, how do I give first? You know, how do I give back to this person, make it about them? And, and I really feel like if you approach anything in life, uh, whether it, it could be hunting, you know, we'll translate that to into, um, even if you're not selling something, you know, somebody, how, how can I help Bo come to Kentucky and hunt with me? You know, it's like that, those kind of questions, man. You, if you, if you operate life on that kind of, of mentality of how do I give first to somebody else, it comes back around, dude, tenfold, tenfold. Yeah. No, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And yeah. And like you said, that's not, not just, uh, the hunting industry. That's not just the sales world. Life. That's life. That's every, every yeah. piece of that. And, and I've learned so much from from starting my own business that have helped me in my day job that has helped me in just regular life with those types of things. And it's amazing on how things do come back around when uh, when you when you operate life that way. For sure, man. For sure. Cool. Well, Brad, before we go too far, um, although you've been on the show before, I'd like to give a little introduction of yourself. Oh man. Um, so I'll start with like the personal side since we're talking about the personal element. Um, I grew up in Southeastern Kentucky and most people, when I say that I'm from Appalachia, uh, I've noticed this a lot lately. They say, well, why don't you have an accent? And transparently I went to university of Kentucky, which yes, it's a melting pot of Kentucky. A lot of people had accents, but I found out that my Appalachia accent was so thick that I, uh, people couldn't understand what I said. I, I remember standing in my dorm room and asking a guy, I said, where's the ass machine? And he said, dude, I'm not going to lie to you right now. I have no idea what you're talking about. I said, the ass machine? I'm looking for the ass machine. He said, again, I have no clue what you're talking about. And I said, frozen water? And he's like, oh, my God, do you want the ice machine? Yeah. Um, so, like, that was kind of, <laughs> that's why I, I think through, like, 
pure hazing in college, I lost a little bit of that. And, uh, you know, my wife might tell you that after a couple of Kentucky bourbons, the, uh, Kentucky accent comes back, but I grew up in Southeastern Kentucky, man. And, um, what's, what's different and funny uh, about me, maybe compared to some of your guests is I did grow up fishing and some hunting. I got into hunting more in my twenties. Uh, but I grew up fishing and hunting and mostly hunting, really only hunting squirrels as a kid. And then got in, I was really always into off-roading. Uh, so I, I pretty much from the time I could ride a bike, pretty much I've been riding four wheelers and I've crashed every, pretty much every class of vehicle you can imagine, uh, fifties, one twenty fives, nineties, whatever, like up to three hundreds. I, I grew up doing that because we have so much good trail riding in Southeast Kentucky. And in fact, if you look up Everett's Kentucky, that's, that's where I, uh, was first, uh, born into was was harlan county and it's some of the best trail riding you'll find in the united states people travel from all over the country from canada to come down to my hometown and, and ride but the uh the premise of of where i grew up you know really rooted me in this culture and i went to uh university of kentucky again where i had my accent unfortunately beat out of me a little bit and and i, I got into storytelling and journalism and i did that for a few years and while I was, I moved to Memphis, I did a stint there and I came to Louisville where my, my wife, uh, now wife, girlfriend at the time was. And, um, I, I, I had this longing in college and, and during that period to get back into the outdoors. And I've talked to so many people that have that, you know, you, you, you college, if you go to college and I'm not saying you have to, cause I, I actually very much feel that trade schools and other, other avenues are very valuable these days. Um, you know, I'm not saying everybody goes that route, but when you do, I've met a lot of people that find that during that time they missed home. And what made me feel home was the woods and, and getting into the mountains and um, uh, we have a ton of private land in where I'm from. I mean, the, some of the WMAs are huge and there's, and some of the small ones are even great. You know, I found tiny little WMAs that have no pressure, but I was getting into this and had some people I was hunting with at the time throughout this, this period where I, I, I was moving from journal. I actually ended up moving from journalism and advertising and through all of this period, I was trying to learn to hunt better right? That's, that's what everybody gets out Googling. That's why they listen to shows like yours. It's why they listen to meat eater or wired to hunt or Dan Johnson over at sportsman's nation or Parker with, with Southern ground. Yeah. You know, shout out to all these guys because they're helping people who were at that phase that I was in of trying to learn how to whitetail hunt better. Right. And I was very much there and Googling how, how to kill a deer. You know, it's like, I wanted those experiences. I had done it, but I had done it under the mentorship of somebody else and I didn't know how to do it myself. It's yeah. dude, I, I can call up a guide in Texas tomorrow and fly down in a month and go kill a deer, right? Like that doesn't mean I know anything about killing deer. And what I found, and this is, I'm gapping now, a you know, a six year span of where I was trying to get better at this. And I, I was killing deer. I'm killing deer along the way, but as I'm trying to get better at this and really understand whitetail, it becomes apparent to me, that there is not a service in hunting or even fishing like what I was finding in other things I was interested in. I'm a, I, I like to run. 
uh, I'm a, I'm a, I used to do marathons and I had a community. I had Runkeeper. It was an app that I use and I could talk to people about running. I was into brewing beer for a while. There was an app. I could talk to people about craft beer for however long I wanted to. If you want to get into design, if you want to get into whatever. It seemed like Silicon Valley had figured out all of these communities for everything you could do except the thing I loved most in life. And so I really started to, I, I was at a point, well, flash, flash forward my career, you know, I, I um, spent time in advertising. I got fired from a job for trying to start a company on the side. And <clears throat> funny enough, that was with my co-founder at Go Wild. He got laid off. The agency found our op- operating agreement and uh, they said, they said, Hey, what's this thing you're working on? And I said, um, well, I was looking at starting a company and you know, this is what it is. And they said, why didn't you tell us about it? I said, because you would have fired me. And they said, no, that's silly. And then they fired me in three days. Uh, <laughs> so, so that sent me over to another advertising agency. And when I showed up, I said, you know, I'm going to leave one day and I'm going to go start my own company. I don't know what it'll be, but I'm going to leave. And they were totally supportive. It was a great company. And they, they really did. They held true to that five years later when I left. They were very supportive and, and financially, they've been supportive of, of what we did. But all, all along the way, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I really wanted to build something that helped the hunter and the angler and the per- person that's like me. You know, my dad was a squirrel hunter. He didn't know anything about whitetail. My uncle's hunted whitetail. But like, how do you get into it without people you can ask questions? I'm Googling, I'm finding forums. And, you know, I end up on a forum and reading about something for 15 minutes. And then I realized like, these are mule deer they're talking about. This isn't even relevant to me, right? Or I'm, I'm reading about it and they're talking about throwing corn in cactus. And I'm like, dude, we don't have cacti in Kentucky. This is Texas. Like this, We're not using shooting houses. This is totally different. I just want to find somebody that's here that knows how to help me. And so my story is that I, was, uh, I, I had a goal of becoming a creative director at an ad agency by 30. I did that. And I was running a good team. And it wasn't what I wanted to do at the end of the day. And, and I decided that I wanted more and I wanted to do something that could help everyone that was like me because I assumed that I wasn't the only one. And I started doing some business research and this idea for Go Wild came into my head and I found people who agreed, people who had really interesting backgrounds. My, my co-founder, Zach, his his grandfather was a beagle breeder for rabbit hunting and his grandfather sold two dogs to president lyndon johnson and so even though zach at the time wasn't a hunter it was in his lineage and he's like yeah i I, i'm a data scientist and i think this would be cool because it's in my family's history and so now zach's gone off the deep end on long distance shooting he's found his own thing within go wild that he loves you know, if you want to talk to a guy who nerds out over shooting 700 yards, it's actually Huckleberry. And so I found this team and we created a platform where, where you can talk about 60 different topics. You know, you can really dive in and, and connect with people near you. You can connect with people who want to nerd out about whitetail or even trapping. I have to believe we have the largest active community of trappers in the world on our platform. And so there's all these things that have come about from, from creating this company way back in 2016 with just $500. I put $500 of my own money into this thing and four guys, some pizzas, maybe some beers. I'm just saying a couple, uh, a couple, uh, there's a trend here, by the way, 
Yeah, yeah. It, it comes about, you know, it's kind of an industry, you know, thing. You got to have it. Um, but, but along the way, we all worked on something that was for everybody. Everybody that came on board had something that was really important to them with this product. And you, Donovan grew up hunting and shooting. It was really important to him. And Chris grew up on the hiking and fishing side. And he wanted to bring, like, make it easier for people to learn how to do this stuff. And so, you know, we worked for a year on this product and launched it. And over time, Bo, what we've seen is not only is it the skills, it's, it's how integral the gear is. And it's not just like, I, I will be the first to tell you, you don't need to go out and buy $2,000 with a Sitka to go hunting. And I would hope that Sitka would tell you that. Uh, you know, my, uh, one thing I love about the First Light brand is that they'll tell you, you don't need to come spend $2,500 worth of our gear to start, right? You may eventually, and I'll tell you, um, and I'm not sponsored by them at all. I love those, those sanctuary bibs. <laughs> it's like, I, I, I got them for myself. And, but you don't have to have that start. You, you know, you get more comfortable there. But, but if you don't know how to ask those questions and how to find that gear, uh, gear is a huge barrier, right? There's a lot of different messaging out there. Uh, that contradicts, you know, what what the marketing me- or what what the, the marketing message often often contradicts what the true messaging is. And you know this, you can go yeah. you can go spend five hundred dollars at Walmart and kill a deer tomorrow. You yep, know, you don't, you don't you don't have to do this with with five grand of stuff. And the industry, oftentimes, this is probably one of my biggest criticisms of the industry is I feel like we've built our own barrier. I feel like we've we've made it seem like you got to go out and you got to hike 20 miles and you got to shoot a compound bow. It's like, dude, if you want to go out and spend a few hundred dollars on a rifle at Walmart and get your camo and that's your path to start hunting, I'm down with that. And so what we've done is build a platform that not only can you talk about specific, um, I'll call them verticals or hobbies of hunting. So it's whitetail or you want to talk about bird hunting or duck hunting. We, we've tried to build a platform that helps make it accessible. We've lowered the barrier. And I feel like, um, and, and I, I, I'll say with confidence, I think it's the best place in the world that you'll find to connect with others and to find how to do this from the comfort of your couch. And that's what I think is really important is making it accessible. If somebody from the Bronx wants to get into whitetail hunting, they can download our app. And in three days, they can know more about whitetail hunting than they've learned in the last 10 years. And that's what we do. We do that really well. And we're, uh, you know, people are probably like, how do you make money? Because we're business. And it's through the gear sales. And, you know, that's where we've landed. We started off on advertising and everything that every other app does. And really what, what we found, and this is the most rewarding part for me, is that um, I don't make money unless you find something you're happy with. You know, if you don't like it, I got a 90 day return policy. You know, we'll, we'll take stuff back longer than anybody else will. We're happy to help you find your way into the outdoors. So that's really where Go Wild has succeeded is it's a gear oriented pursuit. We are a retailer, but we also have a ton of social data that helps you find the gear to get you started on whatever you want to do. If you're a veteran, we'll help you. You know, we've got, we're selling Vortex. We've got Burris, Steiner. There's a ton of stuff that you can find to upgrade to if that's your thing. But overall, it's a place you come, you can talk about and learn and share. Yeah. And what, what's cool is like in, in the store on the, the products, like they have, if you go down towards the bottom, you can see what members are using that and you can reach out to those people. 
and, oh, dude, and ask yeah. questions. I mean, that's one of the, that's what I've found is like, that is huge. You know, how many times do I find something? Is it worth it spending this or, or doing it? And you can ask the people that are on there, the everyday people like yourself that, that are just using it and they noted it in their own gear list within the app or they used it in a, on a specific hunt and they noted that gear and you can, and you can reach out to them and be able to find out. It's, it's pretty yeah, cool. Dude. Yeah, dude, that's, that's a huge portion of what we're trying to focus on. You know, again, going back to like, it's not a marketing campaign. What you're seeing, what you just called out, that's Joe Schmo from Michigan that just tagged the fact that he's using this camo in his hunt. So now you're seeing real people's content. So on Go Wild, you can at mention gear, basically. If you think of like Instagram, you can at mention Bo. You can basically tag gear in the same way. And now Go Wild knows that you're using that gear. So we try to help other people find that gear. So, you know, it's not marketing. This isn't like Acme Camo came in and sponsored a bunch of stuff from Go Wild. No, you're seeing if that product is popular. And you can do that across products we sell or don't. You can actually, you can Google it right now. You can find Cabela's camo on our, our platform. We don't sell Cabela's, but if you want to see how a specific product from Cabela's performs, you can find it in the platform. Yeah. No, it's 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 super cool. And I, I'd build out my own gear list through there. Yep. I still have items I need to add into there yet, but I have a pretty solid gear list that's in there of things that I found. And it was cool to see others that were using it and kind of seeing what's popular, what's, you know, if, you know, if I'm out on a limb with the things I'm using or if others are in the same boat and that's pretty cool. Yeah. The, the thing we're working on and we'll be launching, I, I don't know when this will probably be like end of year, early next year is having like categories to where you can see, like, I want to look at whitetail gear and so we're going to have a place in the app or, or on the website you can go to and see what gear is trending for whitetail because go out has a trophy feature. So you log your trophy, you know, Bo goes out and let's say he, he kills it. He gets like this massive 16 point buck this year in, in the Pennsylvania woods. Which is going to happen proud of the, by the way. It, I know it's going to, man. I come <laughs> back and I, I expect, fully expect this uh, prophetic moment to be recaptured on your podcast and future, future shows. Yeah. But let's say you do that. You go in and you log it. You can tag the gear. Well, we now know that Bo killed the 16-point buck with this optic or, or this camo. And so our goal is to say, like, hey, Bo's one of the, got one of the higher scores, which is the thing we do. We have a score for each person. Bo's got one of the higher scores, and he killed this monster buck with this gear. So now we know that that product is associated with really good hunters. And that that our goal with data like, I don't want to be on Facebook's level of creepy, right? Like, they're using data to benefit them. My goal is to use data to benefit you. So, I know that Bo shot this big buck with this gear. I'm going to tell other people that this gear worked. There's a difference between that. You, you see the difference? Like, think of how Instagram and Facebook and TikTok are using data to sell ads. Now that we, we, we're moving away from ads over time, like our, our focus is less about like sending you an ad that gets you to buy something. It's more about helping you find the gear that works. And we do that because we have things like the trophy feature. And I'll also call out, um, Bo, I don't, have you seen the reward stuff we've launched? Yeah, I have. Dude, it's awesome. Like parts of us were like, oh my God, are we going to bankrupt the company? Because this is such a sweet deal for members. Uh, but if, as you get points for deer or whatever your ducks or whatever you're logging, we have like 200 plus species on the trophies. As you're getting points for that stuff, it all goes in your profile score. 
Well, whatever your profile score is, every, you know, depending on how um, experienced you are on a platform, every 100, 500,000 points you earn, you're going to unlock something. So it might be a $5 gift card. It might be a 20% discount, which a lot of people are using on big items like Garmin's or or uh, outfitting their entire camo kit. We had somebody buy like $700 worth of treason today, you know, <laughs> because they took advantage of a discount. And so you're unlocking things. You can, you can get Gerber knives. You can get $100 off from Captain Experiences, which is really cool. It's like the Airbnb of fishing guides. And, and so... You know, where else? I mean, I'm, I'm all ears. Where else can you log social content without even having to buy anything and get those kind of rewards? And when you buy something, you also get points like that. We've tried to really find a way that gives back to the member. Um, you know, I think I think there's plenty of examples of um, how Silicon Valley is treating uh, <laughs> hunters right now. Yeah, and I, I, uh, I'd like to talk about that a little bit at some point. Yeah, but, you know, you know. While, while YouTube and some of these TikTok, while these platforms are shunning that content, we're not only welcoming it, we're not, we're not only avoiding the censorship, you know, I mean, it's ridiculous what you have to go through on these other platforms. I can't even say the word hunting bow on my LinkedIn post or it gets throttled. I've learned, I, I posted about my shotgun the other day or like a fun post with me holding a shotgun. I had to call it a shoddy because I know if I say the word shotgun, I'll get throttled, right? <laughs> this is the world we live in, right? So instead of that, you know, we're now uh, building a platform that literally rewards you for posting that whitetail. Yeah, no, that's that's what's awesome, and it's it's becoming. You know, when you first told me about the app, I don't know, three years ago or so that I got and that I started using it, and you were calling out these things that they were going to happen, kind of the way that they are, and about the censorship, and now it's getting so much worse. I I created a, a TikTok. I was like, I'm going to try to figure out how to use this thing. And, and well, I, everything I put up got taken down. Dude, and it's ridiculous. Because at first it was like, first they allowed it. And then they got, it must have got a lot better with being able to use, as you were telling me before the call, artificial intelligence, be able to pick up on yeah. it. And they, they'd tear down my videos. And then I'd post one that had nothing, that, nothing wrong in it. And it would get zero views for like yeah, six days. Throttled. I got yeah, I got throttled as <laughs> I got throttled, and I was like, I don't even know how to use this, and just kind of backed off it. But dude, so if you look, um, you know, Sam Ayers with the Wild Initiative has a huge following on TikTok, um, and Sam Sam's my buddy. But I'll get I'll, I'll I'll share Sam's secret. Sam is sharing a lot of content that doesn't show him with a gun. It's not showing him with the animal. He's making very subtle kind of allusions to hunting. Yeah. That's the, only, that's the only way you can post on TikTok with this kind of stuff. I posted the other day. I And the only I'll say the only reason I have a TikTok is to experiment with it so that we can learn what other people are doing with algorithms. And so I created some stuff. I'm creating some like faux content as filler to see what happens. And I posted my third post. Um, was me with a shotgun and my, it was with my buddy within two minutes, it was taken down two minutes. It got reported because the, it, you mentioned artificial intelligence. So people don't understand, man. A lot of people get freaked out on stuff and they, they're like, Oh, they're reading my messages or whatever this stuff is. Listen, there are really sophisticated ways that companies build in that they scan your image and 
like, okay, but I'll back up. Let me back up. Have you ever done one of those things where it asks you to identify the traffic lights? Yeah. So that you can sign in. What you are doing is training artificial intelligence. Google is doing this so that they have the largest data set of street data. Think about any of those you've ever done. Have any of them ever had anything that wasn't to do with a car, a stop sign, a stoplight, anything that wasn't driving? No, every one of them's had that. <laughs> they're training their own self-propelled cars. Like they're, 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 they're working on intelligence that can be used for driving. You, you have identified now that this is a you, you confirmed that was a that these were stoplights or this was a stop sign or these were pedestrians or whatever it is. So they're they're using you to fuel their artificial intelligence. This same thing works across anything. So the, you know, the same mentality, you know, uh, my my picture, I had a shotgun holding it with my right hand across my shoulder, as so many of us do. Think of any dove hunt you've been on or whatever. I was shooting clays that day and I'm smoking a cigar and I posted something about me and my buddy. It was like some, I don't know, some stupid song that was trending and I just put the song on and there was like some smoke filter because I had a cigar in my mouth. That's, that picture was taken down in two minutes because the AI was able to scan that picture, same kind of technology as, as you trained for Google. They've trained to say, we don't want shotguns, so recognize shotguns or guns in general. Yeah. And listen, we... We've done our own homework on this. You can you can build stuff to to say that this is you know an AR-15. You can build stuff to say this is a gun. You can build stuff to say this is a dead animal. You can do stuff to say this is a live animal. TikTok's not a place where any of our content is welcome. Read the terms. I'm I'm gonna bet I've read more of the terms than anybody that's ever been on your show or anybody that's ever listened to your show because it's my job is to know what other other platforms are doing. TikTok at least the last time I read it, literally had a term that you cannot post a picture of a firearm. You can't post a video of a firearm. If you do, it's going to be taken down. And the the interesting thing is that's super automated. If you say something, though, that is against their terms or, or seems questionable against their terms, you'll notice your video goes into review period. So um, I, I know someone that posted recently, and they said something about reading the label. And so now we're into this point of like, that's questionable. It's kind of like, is this against the, the use of that product? You can think of like Tannerite, like, should I read the label or just do like 20 pounds at once, right? Which is ill-advised with Tannerite, but also awesome. But TikTok, their, their algorithm transcribes all your audio. That now goes to a human to review. And they're going to say, you know what? We're not going to allow that. That's how this stuff works. It's all through a series of automation. All of it's a series of automation. I once had a post on LinkedIn. I posted about my podcast with Tim Kennedy on Gearbox Talk. And it was a great timely post. It was right after September 11th. You know, we're coming into like, uh, this was last year, I guess. And um, was giving veterans some love. I had hashtag USA in there. Two days later, I, I was like, this is crazy. This has had like 300 views or something on LinkedIn. My stuff gets way more than that on that platform. I took out hashtag USA. Post goes viral. Within like two days, I had 600 uh, likes, 25,000 views on this post. It went super viral after I took out hashtag USA. Really? Why yes. why would that be something that would trigger it? Because normally it's like <laughs> Well, Bo, if you didn't know, if you if you were to, the type of person to be patriotic, you're now something that Silicon Valley doesn't connect with. 
Yeah, that, that yeah, I guess it makes. <laughs> I'm telling you, sense. dude. I don't, I don't, I, and, and the you know, I'm a, I'm a business owner, so we have investors and everything. So I post on LinkedIn a lot. I have learned you don't say the word hunting, you don't say anything about guns, you don't say you, you have to be careful about hot doors, you don't be excessively patriotic, and I've found ways to ride around this stuff. And some people might say like, well, why do you even post there? But I get a lot of value out of that with people that identify with me. It doesn't mean that everybody is on LinkedIn is like this super leftist communist. It, yeah. it, that's not, it, but that's how their algorithm works. You have to learn how to beat these things if you're going to try to play there. So TikTok's the same way, man. I mean, ha- dude, YouTube, what's going on with YouTube right now? What have you seen? Yeah. Well, I, I've seen the most, I guess the most popular um, hunting group that I've seen on there was the Seek One guys that they yep. got demonetized. And I don't know if they've even figured it out to this point yet, whether they've reinstated any of it, but the new guideline update that they came out with, which you're a lot more familiar with than I am, but is showing that that's not going to change. What's interesting is, so Facebook has it in their terms, or at least uh, I looked at this about, it's probably 12 months ago, but um, Facebook actually has it in their terms that hunting's allowed. You can post hunting content, if it's ethical, if it's blah, blah, blah. Like Facebook's actually fairly favorable in their terms. Now, what's funny is like a, how many people do you know that's been put in Facebook jail for ridiculous stuff, right? Yeah. I'm not I'm not arguing for Facebook. I don't even have a Facebook account. <clears throat> but my point is the Facebook terms of service are actually favorable in that they call out, you know, ethical hunting that's legal, we'll allow it. Now, YouTube just rolled out. And uh I'll I'll admit I haven't looked this up personally, but I know Seek One posted a screenshot of it. And, and hunting content where there's no depiction of graphic animals or, or suffering uh, or, uh, or prolonged suffering. And then they go in specifically to say hunting videos where the m- moment of kill or injury is indiscernible with no focal footage of how the animal is processed or uh, for trophy or food purposes. So this is saying if you talk about hunting for food, you're out. If you show an animal that's processed, you're out. If you show an animal that's shot, you're out. And, and we should clarify, because not everybody knows what demonetized means. This now means that Seek One has built up 525,000 followers. Yeah, something and like that. It, it, these guys' videos are doing as much as Meat Eater, just for context. Like Some of their shows are doing Meat Eater level reach. And um, they just transparently, these guys have a really great opportunity to make a good living off of that content. Um, without even having to go to the, the brands in the hunting space and get sponsorships, they can get a lot of money out of the port because YouTube does well for its creators um, when when you're not hunting. They 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 pay well off of the percentage of ad uh, views that you that you drive, and so creators are incentivized to allow ads because they get a portion of those ads on their videos. But now we're seeing this. I think I think uh, Seek One said this was added in July or so. Yeah, and and it was kind of snuck in there. Uh, they got no warning um, from what I've seen uh, them talk about, and all of a sudden they're they're done. And this happened to uh, you know Flair, Andrew Flair, um, at the same time. You know, and what what this says is we now no longer see value in in anyone teaching someone to hunt and we see no law i mean if you're going to call out the fact that i can't show you how to process this for food i mean dude i mean what where does that stop what i want to know is like okay 
how many barbecue accounts are out there that are cutting up cows? Are we going to, we're going to say that that also applies, you know, yeah. does that, is that also in violation? Because to me, um, and I don't, I don't want to like poo poo on the, the barbecue crowd. Cause I, I'm a barbecuer. I love smoking barbecue, but I'm sorry if you're cutting up a cow that you paid for at a grocery store and I'm cutting up a deer that I worked for, um, from ethics side, I, I think my action is more honorable. And I, again, I'm not poo-pooing on that crowd. I'm just saying like, there's an aspect of that. Like my animal lived in the wild until the moment I took it. And so that was happy until the moment that my broadhead or my rifle engaged with that animal. Yeah. You're going to tell me that I can't post about that anymore. That, that line item out of all of them is the one that surprised me the most. The other ones you could see coming from plat like a platform totally. like that. But like, like you said, we've been talking about it for years that this was going to happen. But yeah. the fact you can't talk about processing food shocked me. Yeah, that yeah, ex- exact same thing. And it's only a matter of time before it's going to start affecting all others, including myself and anybody else that's creating on YouTube. And, you know, I didn't know, and this is something else you and I had talked about, but how YouTube's algorithm works when you allow ads, when you're a, a creator there, yeah. they'll show that video to more people. So if someone's yeah, like so- complaining about, you know, ads on a video, well, people that were smarter than me, obviously, as far as knowing that that gets out, has more reach and can, and more people will get to view it. Yeah. So there's milestones that happen when you start a YouTube channel. There's, um, you know, watch hour milestones, there's follower milestones and there, there, you can, you can YouTube this. There are plenty of milestones that happen that all of a sudden you'll see an uptick. So when you get monetized, generally your channel will see an uptick in views because now YouTube can make money off you. So they don't incentivize you to get there. You got to get there on your own. But once you're a monetized channel, and YouTube is showing ads on your platform, that means they're making money. So they are incentivized to put your content in front of more people. So if Seek One were to come in and say, and again, I'm not, I'm speaking um, hypothetically on their behalf right now. Uh, you know, I'm not saying it at all what, what Lee and Drew are doing. If they were to come in, and in fact, I don't think they've done this. Um, if they were to come in though, like a lot of people were saying they should, and they say, screw you, YouTube, we're shutting off ads. Well, now YouTube's not making money on their content. So they're incredibly... Uh, de-incentivized to to put their content into those thumbnail referrals, into those post-show referrals, any of those referrals that make YouTube honestly such a time suck, you know, from from like a six-year-old kid like my son who just keeps watching videos to you and I, Bo, who are yeah. trying to learn about whatever it is. And, you know, they're now, if Seek One said, nope, we're shutting off YouTube, you know, screw you guys. Well, I guarantee you their numbers would drop because that's how this works. It's all about the money. YouTube, people forget, man, YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world. And they're owned by the number one search engine in the world. Google. Google. Yep. yep. No, and and yeah, I and I didn't know that like you know i almost kind of thought oh you know i guess they could get more sponsors or more money that way and kind of make up for it but i didn't realize that they don't show to those type of people and then you can go different routes like randy newberg has been calling this out for a while too and he was like he um what did he say randy was like oh i'm i'm gonna create he created his own platform it's a a paid platform that you can go through like he'll still put all his stuff on youtube but have like exclusive stuff or whatever it's over there and you know that's 
obviously a route to go, but there's going to be a lot less people that are viewing it and able to see it yeah. at that point. You're going to cut your views. Like, I mean, no, I don't mean this is just discredit to Randy. I hadn't heard of he was doing that. Yeah. But uh, the thing people don't realize, um, I've seen so many people commenting on YouTube of like, Hey, you guys should go build your own platform. Well, listen, I built my own social platform and I can tell you the reason we haven't gotten into video, the reason we haven't carbon copied YouTube is because you're talking about something that's going to take tens of tens of tens of millions of dollars, if not hundreds of millions of dollars. This is Google we're talking about. You're talking about billions of dollars of revenue a quarter. You're talking about tens of thousands of employees who work on this stuff. You're talking about some of the smartest people in the world who build this platform. If you want to build a platform that offers all the functionality of a YouTube, it's, it's, it's almost impossible. I mean, Silicon Valley companies have tried and failed to do what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. I've talked to multiple people who have started YouTube competitors for the outdoor space specifically years ago. I met a guy in 2019 who was starting a YouTube competitor for the outdoor space because of all the problems we're talking about. He predicted it, blah, blah, blah. And guess what? I have not heard of him since. It is not a thing that you can just go out and do. Now, Randy may have success with getting some of his audience over to a platform and pay, and I wish him the best. I'm just saying to create something that the reason YouTube is successful is because they become understanding of what you like. They know, yeah, Bo likes whitetail hunting, but he also loves the heck out of tacos. And Bo is going to be super interested in this taco recipe we're about to show him. And guess what? You're seven minutes into it before you even realize you're watching the taco video. Next thing up, Bo is also a DIYer. We're going to show him how to build a deck. Yeah, Bo's going to like this deck video. Oh, Bo watched a lot of that deck video. Now we're going to show him how to renovate his basement. That's what YouTube does well. And people don't think about that part of it. It's it's the fact that you were already there. You're already watching content. It's not like it, it's not like people go to YouTube to only watch hunting videos. YouTube has uh, Google has more data on you than probably anyone in the, the world short of Apple or short of um, Facebook. Yeah. It's, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. It's, it's so easy to go down that YouTube rabbit hole where you're watching yeah. videos and somehow you've all like, been there. How the hell did I get to, you know, yeah. watching this and, and it, because yep. of the recommended videos and takes you down. And I watch one video on a certain topic and all of a sudden there's other ones. And all of a sudden I've, I've watched 10 videos of this guy that I never heard of two days ago, you know? Yep. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's it's uh, it's just a challenge. And I, and I appreciate people that are like, oh, we should do our own thing for the outdoors. It's just not that simple. And we have a much bigger uphill climb. And, and people were, I, I, Bo, I told you before we started, dude, I, I had, when Seacoin got de demonetized, I probably had two dozen people a day reaching out via email, direct messages, whatever, hitting me up, asking what we're going to do about this. And I'm like, dude, I mean, I, it's not my job to recreate YouTube. I just can't do that. I mean, we're trying to get better at video. I think we have a lot of room to get better at video, and we're, we're working on that now. But I, I don't want to lead my members into believing that like we can go out and just carbon copy what YouTube's done. Yeah. What, so what do, you what do you think if there is a, a solution to this or a direction that this could go? Do you have any idea or any thoughts on that? Well, I think the answer to that is what I did five years ago and started my own platform. I do believe we're going to end up there. I think, I mean, honestly, to for people to shift over to our platform though, there's sacrifices though, dude. I don't, I don't have 
you upload to YouTube, you yeah. know how robust the functionality is. And people ask us for stuff like that. I'm like, dude, I would need 50 developers. I mean, you're talking about millions of dollars a month in payroll to even be able to do what you're asking for. I think the ultimate um, in, end road of this is that there are some sacrifices made by the viewer in either that they're going to just say, oh, well, you know, uh, seek one's demonetized. I don't ever see their videos anymore, but there's other content here. You know, maybe they didn't find the hunting public yet and I, they're still making videos. And then eventually they're probably going to get demonetized. Oh, I'll move over to Meat Eater. Eventually they're going to get demonetized. Like this is going to be a slow bleed out. But I think the fact that it hit two such large accounts at once, um, it, it could represent that this is going to happen faster. I do think, and I hate to say this about our platform, but I just think that people are going to have to accept that um, startups like us are the place where you're, you're not going to be censored. And I can't offer you that like never ending downward, downward spiral of referrals. But at the same time, if, if these creators um, join our platform and share their story, they're at least going to have a place where they can share it. They're, they're not going to be throttled. And honestly, Bo, like we're offering and trying to work with creators like yourself and, and have affiliate programs and have ways to monetize um, you know, we're we're a venture back startup too. We do have money. Now I have money from people who actually care about trying to, you know, build uh, a platform for the outdoors. So it's not like I'm broke over here either. You know, we're we're trying to help build this and we're trying to do it as fast as possible. Uh, I think it's just gonna take a little bit of people biting the bullet and say, you know, it, it's hard to cut cable. It's hard to cut off whatever this thing you're addicted to is. And so uh, there's gonna be a tipping point. I don't think we're there yet with Seek One. I think Mediator getting demonetized would be huge, uh, and, and people getting really upset. They got such a loyal following. It's such a they create such great content. I think it's going to take something like that for people to really wake up. I, I don't even think we're close right now, though, man. I think people are so comfortable with being able to pull up their YouTube app or whatever on their phone mm -hmm. and and go there. Um, you know, uh, I will say every time this stuff happens, we see a surge in 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 uptick. So. Uh, you know, the best thing for us would be that everybody says, screw YouTube, we're going to go to Go Wild. But uh, transparently, I just don't think that that'll be the happen. I think it's a trickle down. Uh, over time, I, I, you know, the most common thing that people respond, I have an automated, you know, if you download Go Wild and you want, you, so far you're kind of, you're like, this Brad guy's not too bad. He's kind of annoying, but I think I might like his platform. You can go to downloadgowild.com, join, and you'll get an automated message. Uh, that first one is automated. Everybody gets that in the first 24 hours, but I really am the person that responds when you message me. And, and the, the, through those interactions, you know, I talk to, I don't know, hundreds of people a day sometimes. And the most common thing is people are excited to have a place where they can share without censorship, without, without feeling bullied, without getting throttled, blah, blah, blah. So I do feel like we're, we're coming into a tipping point. I don't think we're there because I just think it takes a lot to change behavior, man. Yeah. I mean, I've just read enough marketing and psychology books to believe that it's going to take a while. Um, you know, go wild is in it for the long haul. We're building a product that'll be here when you're ready. Yeah, no, I, I, I can, I can definitely understand that. And I, I'm just, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm just so interested to see, you know, what just the different avenues and how people start to respond to that. And I just, I don't know. It's definitely, like you said, it's not going to be, people will forget about that. This happened to seek one a little bit, you know, they'll forget about it and keep going. Then all of a sudden it'll happen again. And then like you said, until it happens to a meat eater or one of them yeah. giant. Some people, some people I've talked to think that, uh, you know, maybe seek one gets reinstated. 
I hope they do for their part. I think they're good guys. I think they deserve yeah. it. Um, I don't think they knowingly broke any rules. I think they were trying to play uh, above board and, and Lee and Drew are good guys. Yeah. Here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. A channel that size did not get shut down flippantly. Somebody, there was a conversation. You don't have half a million people subscribe to something driving that kind of views. It's not some offshore person that said, boop, they didn't hit a button. Yeah. So um, I think it's an uphill battle, man. Yeah, no, it'll be, it'll definitely be interesting to, to see what happens going forward there and how they obviously, you know, go wild has the, the platform there where people can interact and do all of that. But when you look at like, you know, the, how a lot of TV had moved to YouTube, you know, those type of things, what's going to happen and like the, yeah. the films and stuff and those types of things, what are going to happen with those? That's where I'm like. Yeah, like it, I, I think it's an obvious transition for you know social users on Instagram, Facebook, and stuff that want to talk hunting content and want to take in hunting content that go wild as a place. But looking at you know some of that other media that had just transitioned from TV, you know, people are yeah. just going over to like it's I, I don't know. That's what's funny is we had we had we have a video service. You can upload a two minute video and then you could embed your YouTube video. And we're for, for a long time, we we're like, this is fine. If you have a long video, you can put it on YouTube and link to it. And we, we actually, it plays right there and go wild. Yeah. yeah. And if it's short, that. yeah. So if it's short, we're like, well, this competes with Instagram with two minutes and, and blah, blah, blah. And so what's interesting is now like all of the sudden it's go time and YouTube is not a place that people want to upload to anymore. And so, we're like, whoa, uh, if we allow everybody to upload like YouTube does, you're talking tens of thousands of dollars, possibly a week, if everybody's uploading 4K video like YouTube allows you to do. That's the challenge of this stuff people don't think about. Yeah. You know, I mean, you lean on the back of literally one of the most profitable com companies in the world. So, you know, for, for people to look at us and say, hey, what are you, you going to do to copy YouTube and build an outdoor YouTube? I'm like, uh, uh, I, I don't think we can. Yeah. <laughs> you know, overnight, at least not. We, we can build something I, I do think is eventually um, good and a, a good place to share, but we're not there today. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I, I want to transition a little bit here, Brad, to... Yep. Um, I want to talk about, you know, we, we discussed a little bit about the gear shop and stuff that you have within the app, but I want to know what you're seeing as far as trending gear. Like, is there anything that's like some outliers people are looking at just, you know, I'm genuinely interested to, to hear what other people are into and what they're buying or what they're posting about what they're looking at. Yeah. So, so for any, well, let's frame that up. So within go wild, you can tag gear and people tag gear when they go, Hey, I just went scouting and, and, you know, saw flushed up a couple of does, blah, blah, blah. They share their story. And across that, uh, we have 500,000 pieces of gear that you can tag. Now we don't have everything. You know, you may have a brand that we haven't integrated with or whatever. We're adding brands every single week. Um, in fact, over the, like the next 10 days, we're about to add 10 different brands. So there, we're very quickly adding brands, but I'll just tell you half a million products is more than Bass Pro, Cabela's or Amazon Outdoors has combined. Okay. It's a lot of products. So I do have a lot of insights into what's trending. Some interesting things that we're seeing from the data on the social side and, and the purchases side. Um, Garmin has, has recently released this Garmin Zero crossbow scope. They have a compound bow scope. 
And as this becomes more legal across the United States, which I think you will see that uh, continue to expand out west, a lot of the uh, not a lot. There's some western states that still don't allow it. Um, for for uh, uh, basically a miss, it's it's honestly like the law was written prior to such a product. It's not that this product really should be illegal. Um, in fact, if you've shot a Garmin Zero, it's a really cool and I think one of the most ethical ways to shoot an animal because you don't have to bow can see me, but you don't have to pull that right hand up to range find and then draw. You can do all this in one motion. It's less motion, which is less likelihood to spook an animal. You still got to make the shot. This thing does not make you a better shot. I think we should say that yeah. point blank. Yeah, I, um, I used the the zero all of last year, and yeah. no, the the bow sight is absolutely incredible as far as yeah. being able to range and to be able to do. I mean, the thing is smarter than me, and is is kind of the reason why I'm not using it currently because it's it uh, it's. <laughs> It, it requires some thinking that's involved in it with um, doing that. And I think my experience that I had with it was more so from me not practicing certain scenarios with it. And then I just had to hunt out West this year. So I just didn't put it back yeah. on because the state didn't right. allow it. Um, but it's, it's an, it is an incredible, the, the amount of technology that is in that bow site is, is definitely incredible. I shot a coyote last year when I was using it. And it was coming through this old clear cut and it was thick and I was going through Great. and animal is an example moving and I was able to get the range. It popped up. I think exact it was like yardage, 27 yards, pin popped up, boom, shot it and yeah. everything went good. And you know, I, I ended up making the good shot there. The, at that point, you can't blame uh, the site for be, you can't blame anything for being off on your yardage because it's, yeah. uh, it definitely tells you it's it's you at that point. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I think a lot of people think like it's cheating, and they don't understand what it's actually doing. You know, I I um I have one on my bow right now, and I can, I can just tell you if if you uh, have target panic, if you pull the bow, if you punch the the trigger, you, you're still going to have all the same problems you did. The tenants of archery don't go away. If you shoot a single pin, you're basically already there. All we're taking out is the fact that you had to have that motion to range. And and like you said, a coyote is a great example because I had a, I, I shoot a single pin. Uh, or I've shot a single pin in the past. And the challenge with that is you're ranging and those things never stop, man. They're never, I I don't know if I've ever seen a coyote in the field. That's like hanging out, just lounging around. Right. So they're always moving. And that's a great example of when that bow side does really well. But the reason I bring this up is we are seeing a lot of conversation around the Garmin zero. I just got tagged in a post today because somebody knew I'd put one on my bow. And the, the thing that I think more people are realizing, um, is that, the, the Garmin Zero syncs up to the Garmin watches. And the cool part about this is if you are out west in a state that allows it, or if you're in a, you know, you take a longer shot, even even where you and I hunt, you know, and in, in, in whether it's in the Appalachian Mountains or, or if I hunt here and I shoot into the woods, sometimes it's hard to know where the arrow hit. This thing will actually sync up to your Garmin watch. And it will tell you exactly where your arrow landed. So you know where to start the blood trail, where to look for hair. And, you know, I, I think, um, yes, there's something to woodsmanship and to knowing how to, how to do this stuff on your own. But dude, if I'm losing a deer and I got a chance from, from any technological lift to recover that animal at this point, it's not about my ego of how good I am. I owe it to that animal to find that, that animal. And so, 
I see this as a more ethical product if you can afford it. They are expensive. You know, you're you're looking at the depending on the season and the sales that are going on, six to eight hundred dollars on the compound bow, the the crossbow, which I doubt much of your audience is shooting this, but maybe they've got a blown shoulder or something. You know, you're still looking at about eighteen hundred bucks on that. Uh, the the <laughs> that crossbow scope's awesome. It's an awesome product. Uh, but I love that you can sync it up to your watch. We're seeing a lot of conversation around those products. So it's a, it's a really hot trending product in, in, in go wild, uh, in general, I, yeah. I, in general, I know those sales, like, I tell you what, um, I don't know if you'll be able to find those crossbow scopes in about another month. So, um, definitely a hot product. It's one of the hottest products we we're watching right now. Yeah. And the, the watches I have one on right now. And I was, I was never someone that ever wore a watch before my entire life. I never wore a watch. And three years ago I bought a Garmin and then I ended up getting another one. I was actually testing this one. It's the, the tactics, the tactics solar. Texas Charlie. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, um, so I got that one and was testing it and I can't, I feel naked without a watch on. Now. Yeah. In this, yeah. well, dude, this can piece you see, of a, uh, I don't know if you can see my tan. Yeah, I can see golf. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty, it's faded a little bit cause I'm out of summer, but I've been wearing one for three years now. And dude, this Phoenix, like, I don't know about your Texas Charlie. It should be about the same, but my battery lasts three weeks. Yeah. Mine's 21 <laughs> days. That's exactly <laughs> it's what crazy. And yeah. it's, it's, it's awesome because, so I talked about this. If, if someone didn't listen to this episode about my recent hunt where I ended up in the hospital with altitude sickness, I was able to determine that my blood oxygen was at dangerous levels and, yeah. and be able to monitor my heart rate through my watch. That's what told me I needed to go down before it got to the point where I couldn't get down on my yep. own. I obviously could feel it in my head, but I'm pretty hard headed and try to, you know, make situ make myself think that I'm just being a pussy about it. And <laughs> my watch is like, you know, all right, your blood oxygen has dropped in the seventies. You need to, you need to get to lower elevations and you need to get some help. So that for me was just like worth its weight in gold. And I know there's other models other than just this one that have those capabilities, yeah, but for me having that, I don't, and Garm, I used a Garmin, um, GPS forever. And yeah. now with, you know, smartphone apps, the Spartan Forge app and everything. I don't yep. necessarily carry one, but I like to have a backup because your phone can go down yep. and your watch has the mapping built into it. Yep. It's pretty, I can see why that's trending on there too, because these products like, and honestly, the the one cost effective, because like this one is definitely not cheap. This one's like a thousand dollars, this watch that I have on. It's freaking worth it. I still don't know how to use all the capabilities of it, but it really helps me the Garmin Instinct is a, a lot cheaper model that has a lot of the same features without um, some of the really advanced features of it that uh, I think is a really cool option as well. Yeah, and um, if you if you stick around to the end of the show, we might just tell you a way you can save 10% on these through Bose affiliate code. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you can. <laughs> Go out and sell them. So, so we'll tell that in a second. You got to listen to my other tips here. Uh, <laughs> you got you to you suffer through. But I will say, so Bose right, the Garmin Instinct, there's a Garmin Instinct Solar, and um, if you're looking at if you don't um, if you don't want to go out a thousand bucks out on a watch, the the way to get the like the best deal 
on a Garmin device right now is getting like a Phoenix 5X Plus or, uh, you know, one of those. The six, uh, the Phoenix 6 is the current model. So um, you can you can buy kind of an older model. It's like a car. But I'm telling you, man, I'm wearing a 5X Plus Sapphire right now, and it's an amazing watch. It used to be an $850 watch, and we, we sell quite a few of these now that are in the $400 range. So you don't have to go out and spend $1,000 to get a really good quality product. Now, I will say that Phoenix 6 Solar is amazing. Yeah. I wish I had one, but they are pricey. Yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, one of the other, like, this is actually the, our best selling product right now. And again, we have the Garmin items are interesting because they're, they're big com- conversation pieces on our platform. We do sell a good amount of those. But the like one of the hottest sellers right now, not necessarily that people are talking about it, are leafy suits. And this is interesting because I used to think of leafy suits as ghillie suits, which sometimes are hot. They're they're bulky. It's a lot. But there have been a lot of evolutions, and there's a lot of brands that sell these, and we don't sell all the brands. But dude, right now in early season, I mean, we are moving. <laughs> early uh, leafy suits like crazy because you got to think like you and I, I don't know about you, but we're starting to see some colder temps here, yeah, right? Like, yeah, yeah. But down South, a lot of these guys are still like, I mean, today, even here, it was like 87 degrees. Jeez. It, so, so a lot of people are still buying that early season. Um, and so leafy suits right now are hugely popular. And what I like about these is they're super breathable. They're not meant to be a layer. Like a lot of the old ghillie suits are that were kind of hot. Um, these are super breathable and the material is, um, it's, it's like very durable. They're not going to tear. You know, I always thought of ghillie suits as like a temporary thing cause they seem fragile. Yeah. They could snag uh, on everything. Yeah. And, and a lot of these are very well designed. Now the, the biggest one we're moving, believe it or not, is treason. Um, you know, we, we have them from North mountain gear Two, which has a mossy Oak pattern, which is super popular throughout the South. But dude, though, the, even right now here on September 29th, when we're recording this thing, the leafy suits are moving out of here like crazy. Interesting. It, it it's. I wonder. Do you think that the the hunting public has anything to do with like that with people getting into ground hunting and stuff? I I, I was just when you took when you told me that um, whenever you and I were texting, you were talking about these suits and how popular they were, and I was like, you know, I wonder. I maybe they've always been popular and i just in my area is different because it's always colder already by the time hunting season starts so you you don't see people wearing them but yeah that's that's interesting yeah it is interesting i i uh i'll be honest like i didn't think we were going to sell these things that well we brought in the whole trees online and i thought more they have some nice puffies and it's a it's it's a good brand because they have a it's a good breakup camo but it also is not break the bank like we have some puffies that i think are like right around 100 and you know you start looking into some of the the premium brands and you're talking 300 dollars puffies and so these are good layering brands. They'll get you through, you know, for me and you, Bo, you could probably wear those puffies into like mid-November, depend, you know, and then you might need to start layering up more heavily as it gets into those lower temps. But uh, I, we started selling the crap out of these leafy suits and I was like, what is going on? And I like your observation. It could make sense because we've worked with the hunting public a little bit this year. So maybe that audience is just like, yeah, we want those. Yeah. That might, that might make sense. Another fun one. Um, we like to work with emerging brands. So I like to find brands that maybe not everybody else is working with. I like to give the small guy a chance. And we have a new flashlight company that is awesome. They, uh, it's a new type of flashlight that works with a phone charger. Like it'll literally charge your phone on these lanterns or, or whatever type you're getting. 
And they also will hold charge for like seven years. And so these are in the, and no, your face says it all. Like yeah. literally you can, you can charge this thing and you can throw it in your bug out bag or your hunting bag or whatever. And if you don't touch it, it's going to hold charge for up to seven years. So um, very cool product. They're actually far more environmentally friendly in that the batteries don't catch fire <laughs> if you dispose of them. That's a big thing right now. Like landfills are catching fire from batteries, which I just found out about recently. Um, but but they, they make a uh, really cool headlamp that you can buy. And what I like about this thing is it's adjustable um, front to back. It's got a side to side, but it also will clip on your hat. So, you know, you don't have to worry about the headlamp per so se. So it must be just, pretty lightweight then. It's super lightweight. It's it's literally like I can't even like it's like holding your key fob. What is the name of car? it? So the brand. Uh, thank you. The brand is Hybrid Light. Uh, if you look on our website, you'll find it. You can go to shopgowild.com to find these products. So uh, and again, if you stick around to the end, I'm not going to tell you this code. You got to stick around to the end to save 10 percent off <laughs> these products. And, uh, but, but the, the hybrid light, uh, headlamp is really cool. Um, it's got a, a literally it's multiple, multi-adjustable, multi-directional, and it will clip on your hat, hat, which I think is really cool. Uh, you know, you don't have to wear that strap on your head, which I always find that that strap freaking pops off. Maybe it's my bald head bow. Like I can't have traction. I wasn't <laughs> going to say that, Brad. Yeah. But thanks. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but uh, you know, if I have a toboggan on, sometimes it's like those things are popping off. So maybe I'll just wear a hat and it'll stick right on the front. Yeah, those those things are in the early phase of like we're seeing those pick up, and I'm guessing that's gun hunters kind of prepping for a lot of their season. Gotcha. No, I'm I'm looking at it right now on the website there, and yeah, uh, it looks the, uh, super the, lightweight. Yeah, so the, a lot of those things are super cool too. If you got any anglers like the. Um, I can't remember the name of the lantern that we sell, but it, it floats. A lot of these products float. The flashlight, the little uh, orange or the like neon green flashlight, they float. So if you drop them in water, and the, and the giant lantern we sell, uh, which I think is called the Atlas. Now that I think about it, like that thing is huge. But I'm gonna have to buy one of these things because it's it's almost like ten to twelve inches tall, but it weighs fractional compared to my old Coleman lantern. Like I have a Coleman lantern that has one of those ginormous batteries yeah. and has been, has it's been working for eight to 10 years, but it also feels like I'm lugging a car battery out to the campsite <laughs> and the, these Atlas things, you can just throw them in a bag and go. So those are doing really well. The next one on my list, Bo, I think, you know, a little bit about it's tethered dude. Yeah. We, we're so we're, we, um, go wild. We'll be selling tethered soon. But even though we don't sell it, we can see who's talking about it. Because on Go Wild, you can actually custom upload your own gear. And so <laughs> Tethered is probably the most popular product that we don't carry because people are uploading it themselves and saying that they're using it. Dude, I, I have never seen so much activity on saddle hunting ever, ever, ever. And it is uh it's it's people looking to get into it it's people who are first into it you know i mentioned those those dms that we send out i've got people messaging me back of like hey i want to talk to the saddle hunters we actually go wild in the next two or three weeks we'll be introducing a saddle hunting trail so these are like forums that you can talk to you'll be able to talk to other people that are saddle hunting see what they're using you know it's not just tethered products you'll be able to talk about whatever that that is literally one of the most popular products on the platform right now I mean, that makes sense. Like since, since I started saddle hunting, this will be my third season using a saddle. And 
I've never had so many questions on one piece of gear as yeah. saddles and like yep. just it's, it's insane. And so I'm not surprised by that. And tethered is an, is an incredible company and Great company and just the people behind it and everything in the product. And, and I'm not, I'm not surprised by that whatsoever. And I mean, I thought, it, I thought saddle hunting was like this big cliche and or not I did like uh, just like everybody wants tr- yeah it's like it's like it's like oh come on you guys are getting into anything and everything to say you're different right? yeah that's kind of i told greg himself uh the founder i was like dude I, when i first heard about this i was like come on man like you get you got it's like people just trying to find a way to make hunting more adventurous yeah it, like i'm i'm a believer i this is going to be uh i'm hoping to get my hands on one of these once we start carrying them and i'm going to give it a run myself and um i love the mobility of it you know i've had parker mcdonald on my you you came on and talked a little bit about saddles on my show gearbox talk parker's been on like four times to talk about saddles and i'm like dude i'm so convinced and uh you know the the ability to go out and pick a new tree every day alone is, is huge yeah it's uh, i i i started with like going back and forth and the listeners have heard me talk about this a lot but like i went back and forth between the tree stand and that just because i was like tiptoeing into it and now i don't even know where my tree stands are buried somewhere in my garage i just use those exclusively and it's just been yeah. an awesome experience so yeah <laughs> not awesome, not surprised man. by that at all so uh one thing so both texted me before and he's like hey what's going on with uh you know deer calls on go wild and it's interesting um i think you know there's always traction with the guys you'd expect the main the main brands the primoses you know we see we see all that stuff getting tagged what a, We've been we've had gear integrations for uh, this is our third hunting season now, and I've never seen so much conversation around custom crafted deer calls. So, for example, um, I'm going to give Gus Brown a shout out. Guy I just met, he just messaged me the other day talking about his product. But I want to show people a little bit of what I'm talking about. He has a company called Whiskey and Whitetails, and uh, they have a like a bourbon barrel grunt tube. And we're seeing so many of these artisan calls on the rise, which I find really cool. You know, I think it's really neat that people are getting uh, th- these craftsmen are getting out there and and finding it monetizable. If you want to use a business term, like something that they can get some ROI on, return on investment. You know, they spend all this time making this product, and they can get out there and sell these things. Um, I am seeing a lot of custom grunt tubes, um, custom. Really, like tons, mostly grunt tubes. Honestly, it's probably the most grunt, um, mostly grunt tubes that I'm seeing. And I feel like when I first got into whitetail, it's like you get a couple Primos items, you get, you know, you get your, your bleak can and meh. It's like, <laughs> that was it. I right? love it's those like, things. Like, I, too, man, I, still, I still carry one, but I find it interesting how many people, it's kind of like duck calls now. I do feel like the, the grunt tubes and some of this crap, like some of that craftsmanship is hitting whitetail in a way that I feel like it's been, it's been dominated by some of the bigger players now. And we're, we're seeing a lot of people talking about the artisan uh, products. That's, that's super cool. And like, I know me personally, I'd love to support, like buy a product from, you know, a small business owner that's crafting these things and being able to do, I think that's awesome. I think it is too, man. And, and the last thing I wanted to mention on the gear side, um, and this one, this one's newer, uh, but I'll just call out that, you know, go out to starting to carry some cool packs. You know, we, we, we just brought in Badlands. Uh, so we, we have like four or five different packs from Badlands. We have um, 
we, we, we just, uh, if it's not here by the time this airs, it'll be up soon. We have a, a really cool cooler bag. So, and you know, uh, coolers are crazy. Not, not everybody needs bear proof. I have one like that's super durable, uh, and, and I could probably drop it off the top of my house and be fine. But sometimes you just need something that holds ice for a few days, right? Like, yeah, I just, I just need it to hold ice for a couple days. So we're working with gecko brands and, uh, that's more of just a sales plug is that, you know, we've got some cool packs in. I won't say these are trending yet, but it's something I'm excited about because we haven't had those products before mm -hmm. and we haven't had the best representation on that yet. So um, anyways, Bo, what's your, what's your affiliate code that people can save some money on any of these products if they go to shopgowild.com? Yeah. So using code <laughs> East meets West will save you 10% off all the gear on Go Wild, right? Yep, all the gear and it supports the show, man. I mean, that's what's important to yeah. us. We we are, I, you know, any of these guys that get demonetized, I want to help them. I want to be a place where they can come to and you can shop with us. You get great gear and you get a discount and you get to support a creator. So, you know, if you're here listening to the show and if you've made it through this hour and 10 minutes of uh, me rambling about whatever, uh, I feel like you really like Bo. You know, this Brad guy might be okay, but you're here because you like Bo. You show up every week because you like Bo. No, so. I get good guests on and they just have to get past me asking a few questions. And that's right, so how you're saying we. We're saying we lost them 45 minutes. Yeah, well, yeah, they're gone <laughs> at this point. But no, all I, right. It's, it's, and it's what sometimes I feel like is lost in that everything is free as far as content that's out there now is the people, you know, I'm throwing myself a plug here that creates it. You know, I spend after my normal work hours, I'm spending anywhere from 30 to 40 hours of additional oh, time. Sure on yep. creating this stuff that goes out there. So to for me to be even make it sane, I love doing it, but to make it even sane in my mind that I can spend that much time doing something, getting paid to do that with affiliate codes like that I have here. So I get a kickback off the 10% the code that use East Meets West as I do with other things. Like that's what helps su support the show and to keep that going. And with brands like Go Wild, being here to support that that's super huge for me and i've hand chosen all the the brands that i've worked with and and the the companies that i've worked with and that's important to me and the fact that you know then then i can support the the go wild brand and and being able the hunting community really not just yep. go wild not just brad and his deep pockets now no i'm just kidding but uh uh in being able to support that and help in a in a time as we talked about with all of the things that are going on and the censorship and stuff like i just think that um it, it's cool to to see us mesh together on that yeah man i uh i hope people will check it out so if you want to if you are interested 10 percent off of some of these products we're talking about some big bucks like Garmin zeros, you know, that could be a hundred to uh, almost $200, depending on what you're looking at. So, um, check it out. Shopgowild.com. If you want to shop, if you want to download the app and just give it a try, you can earn rewards. I mean, for God's sake, you sign up and you get 10 bucks. How, how much do I got to tell you here? Yeah. And the app's uh, free. So the app's totally free. So download gowild.com, create an account. You're going to get free 10 bucks for trying it. And then as you share, you know, you can log this podcast, you can do all kinds of cool stuff, log your old bucks, you know, whatever you got, you start posting and you're going to get rewards. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Brad, for coming on. I appreciate yeah, that. Dude. Thanks and for having me. 
yeah i uh, hope you have a, a good luck deer hunting and uh if you get some time to get out and everything else oh i'm going I, i've got a couple dates on the calendar i just got back from a goose hunt in michigan and i've got a few dates pre-gun season i'm hoping to find a few more though awesome well good talking to you we'll see you brad yeah you too man thanks Thanks so much for listening to this episode of East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit eastmeetswesthunt.com, Facebook at East Meets West Outdoors, and Instagram at East Meets West Hunt. If you enjoyed today's episode, please review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time.